Have you heard of NFTs? This seems like the silliest nonsense ever. Until now. Now you can own a piece of internet history by buying this episode as an NFT. That's right, you can own a piece of this episode. Limited to 8 NFTs per episode, if you purchase 5 of them, I will replace this nonsense with your name calling you the producer of this episode. Details are in the show notes. And now, on to the show! In this episode, aspiring statesman Sherman Tylowski and I came up with a few sketches. Those, some of those, those weird phone calls with um, with constituents or with people who just for whatever reason are off the rails. That is one of my favorite type of sketches is where it <laughs> ramps up. The idea of gift wrapping uh, Savannah or finding a way to <laughs> to get oh, Lincoln, you know, everybody gathering and trying to figure out what are we going to get Lincoln for his birthday? Be just being available, like that's you. Your place in history is like, who do we, who can we get to sign this thing? We need we need another signature. Ah. Yes, get, get Roger. Which one did we pick? You'll find. Well, you probably figured it out. It's none of the ones I came up with. You'll find out on this episode of. It's a sketch comedy podcast show. Welcome to Sketch Comedy Podcast Show, the one-of-a-kind show where I, Stuart Rice, invite interesting people to have intriguing conversations, and then we improvise a comedy sketch based on what we talked about. It's the only show like it on the internet. And I don't know about you, but I am a scaredy cat, meaning that I run as fast as I can when something scary happens. Of course, that changed after I had kids, because before I started running, I had to make sure I had tied the laces of my kids' shoes together so that I could get a good lead. This episode's guest did not really have that option. Sherman Talosky is a George Washington enthusiast. If there were trading cards for political icons, Sherman would have the back of every single one of them memorized. Sherman is so into political greats that he has a podcast called Friends and Fellow Citizens that explores the founders of our nation, but also takes a look at contemporary situations and people in politics today through a lens that would make Thomas Jefferson proud. We talk about his historical political fetish, what it was like to work in our nation's capital, where all of the business in Congress actually happens, And then we really dig into that fateful day a year ago when Sherman's workplace, our nation's capital, was seized upon by its own citizens. A terrifying day that will not be forgotten by Sherman or anyone else in America, for that matter. And now, my conversation with Sherman Tylosky, aspiring statesman who is a January 6th insurrection survivor. Sherman. Stuart, great to see you today. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Hey, welcome onto the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate yeah. this. Yeah, I've got a quick question for you. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. What makes you interesting? Well, first of all, my last name, I think, has interested a lot of people. <laughs> it took me a couple uh, times spelling it to get it yes, right. Yes, I don't that's even right. I got it right the last time. <laughs> um, I think what makes me unique is that I'm really a hybrid of interests that 
combined to really make myself a unique American. I am a, an American history nerd. I love politics. I love sports. Uh, I love American food. You know, uh, I just I had a Costco pizza earlier today. I think so. So um, I just uh, I love this combination of Americana and I can see Americana in so many different manners. And I am very, very thrilled to be also a part of a family where on my dad's side of Eastern European descent. So I've kind of had that uh, Orthodox Christian background. My family's Orthodox Christian background. Then uh, my mom's side, um, we are Taiwanese. So I'm half Taiwanese, half Eastern European, and this is kind of a classic, you know, East and West put together sort of yeah. idea. But I see these two halves as a perfect combination for my upbringing and for who I am as an American and who I am as a person nowadays. Yeah. And when you say America that much, that means you really do have a love for it. So, yes. what are things that you've done in your life or things that you do currently where uh, you you're able to portray that, or you're able to show that to well to the to the country and to yourself, to your to the world, whatever. What are, what are things you do? Sure. Well, I'll start with something that I started last year, which was my very first and only podcast right now called Friends and Fellow Citizens. It is the first four words of Washington's farewell address. That's how Washington addresses the nation when he leaves office in 1796. And I just thought it was. Very catchy. I also felt that it sounds really positive, you know, because everyone loves friends and everyone loves friends and fellow citizens. So I thought I wanted to find something that could honor our history, but at the same time, bring that history to life nowadays by sending them messages of saying, we have a very, uh, we have a lot of ups and downs in our country, but there's a lot to be proud of and a lot that we can do to improve it and to appreciate it. And that's how I connect to the founders who lived a very, very different time period, but a group of people whom I always have found so intriguing because I feel like this country is truly the first that's built on ideas, not on ethnicity or where you, or where you come from. And so to kind of bring that and meld it in with my personal background myself, I thought this was a really great opportunity for me to share with people, my guests who come from all different backgrounds and have all kinds of experiences and takes on different issues, while also kind of bring myself in and some of our history together. I want to make American history very interesting for other people. So it really is a, I call it a civics podcast because it's not just about politics, not just about history. It's about the foundation of our democracy, the way we know it here in America. Yeah. I think that's a, it, it's a, it, it's a big undertaking that you're taking it. Thank taking you. On. Yeah. I, take, I think it's on. great. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you and I have uh, shared guests, Edwin, and I've had a couple other people yes. that, it, I mean, they're trying their best. It's, it's hard. Like I got kids and when I mention history, they, immediately the gloss over happens and they stop <laughs> listening to me more than they do normally, I guess. But um, yeah, so it, it, I think that this is very important is that we can learn from what's happened before. And I think it's also very important to understand like, what are the rules that we currently have? Civics is exactly. not a thing that's taught. I don't even know if my kids ever took a class that had anything like that in it. 
because they never talked about it. Nice. I wasn't in school with them because that would have been weird. So um, what are what are you you talk? What are some of the topics that you talk about? Like you mentioned some of the things, but like what what, what would be like a topic that you would dive in on on your show? Sure. So I've done topics on a whole range of issues that cover American history. What I like to do is I like to find a character in American history who did a lot of amazing things, but is just left out of the history books. I mean, you mentioned how in civics, we, we don't, we don't take on a lot of these different topics and different figures perhaps. So I bring them on and show, look, these people are not perfect individuals, obviously no one is, but they have very interesting backgrounds. So for example, I've done a topic on William Seward, who was a secretary of state under Lincoln. He not only, well, I guess if you're from Alaska, you also need to love him because he helped with the Alaska purchase. Okay. But I've also, <laughs> he also made sure that there wasn't any foreign interference with regards to the American Civil War. He was also one of the, the leading, certainly at that time, one of the leading civil rights advocates already calling for equal um, representation uh, across uh, in, across all Americans, regardless of uh, background. So I dive into him. I also look at various different time periods across history and try to identify some common lessons. So for example, I did an episode about a, uh, an, a, a pandemic or an epidemic, I should say, because it was kind of smaller, epidemic that happened during the Washington administration that broke out in Philadelphia and how difficult those conditions were. So to kind of bring some of con some context to my audience, this is what I usually do on my solo shows for my guest shows. I usually bring a lot of uh, the Monaco have become leaders in their field and not necessarily political junkies like myself, you know, right. the, you know, the folks who watch C-SPAN and I guess I've already admitted that online now that I watch some C-SPAN every now and then. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a hard pitch to anybody. <laughs> hey, watch C-SPAN with no one talks about C-SPAN and chill. You know, that's not a thing. Yes, that that's right. <laughs> yeah. Not, not something that sticks out a lot on a dating app. Let's just say. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love, I love to bring guests on who are, again, as I said, are leaders in their field. They've done leadership activities in their community. For example, uh, I know, I've know a girl from my school in Texas A&M who is a big cyber person. She's already done uh, cyber competitions and is trying to expand the number of women in cyber. Uh, I've got, you mentioned Ed Wynn. He was a wonderful guest on my show too. Uh, he brought, I think, a lot of wonderful advice in the midst of the election, which was held obviously in November. And his episode was around that time. So it's it's nice to also play around with the calendar a little bit and uh, try to have guests on who can offer some really amazing insight into our world uh, in those times. And it's been quite a wonderful hodgepodge. I To this day, I still don't know how I was able to put together some of these episodes, but I, I just cannot thank enough my support system, my family, my friends, and all those who listen to my show. It's because of them that all everything I'm saying is possible. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to say that about my audience. My audience just collects my my sound bites and doesn't give me any money. So uh, I do have a Patreon, by the way. 
out there. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, so how did you get so into all of this stuff? Is this, this is not like something there's no there's very rarely do you find action figures of like the founding fathers, right? Mm-hmm. Like, right. Did, did you have those growing up? Was that a thing? <laughs> like, I think I got one. I think I got one of those founding fathers era hats from some museum in philly might have been from independence hall but i think that was the most i can go because <laughs> with that sure. I, mean, I couldn't i don't think i've put it together a halloween costume or anything with with that because i felt like well i don't think i don't think jefferson or washington would have been going around asking for candy um, no. so um i definitely was someone who was interested because it just struck me very interesting that there could be this number of individuals so invested in history at that time, because a lot of them were looking at ancient Greece and ancient Rome. I'm thinking, well, who does that? You know, so uh, who does that? I want to read more. And then the more I read, uh, the more I read about how difficult those times were. I mean, I mentioned uh, that we had 4th of July earlier this month, you know, that time signing a document saying you want to, break free from England. It wasn't just one of those things where they, ah, yeah, you know, this guy, he's just, he's just angry at what, at the King. It, it was treason because counted as treason by, uh, by those standards. And I just really uh, love the stories aspects. You know, and again, I'm, we mentioned civics earlier. That's what I think is lacking most is we're not teaching civics the way I think it should be taught. It should be taught with stories. We all connect with stories yeah. and, and, these stories are supposed to bring out motion. They're supposed to bring out the characters, the plot, the conflicts, the resolutions. But if we're all, if we're spewing facts from with civics, I mean, facts are important. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but facts alone are not going to be able to inspire people to enter civics and enter public service because people are just like, well, it just seems like something I need to study on a test. Why would I be interested in that? Right. Um, so that's really kind of how I also, I got, got interested in the American revolution and American history in general. It's just because of this compilation of stories that created the nation where I live in. And I want to bring some of that to nowadays because we often feel distant from history perhaps we feel that it's just too different of a time and it's true that times have changed a lot but i believe especially based on with my show we have six pillars of washington's farewell address that i believe are values that don't just exist in 1796 they transcend through time and it's really our job in this generation to make those values more real and more applicable to more people so that future generations can enjoy the, the freedoms that we have today. I think you're hundred percent correct. And I, one of the things that always seems to be lacking is the why, because right. that explains, you know, what's the reason we have the, whatever this law is, or why do we have uh, the uh, jurisdiction set up the way we do? And why do we do any of that stuff? And it, it's under, it's good to understand the why some of that stuff right was created so long ago that maybe it's not, maybe it needs to be updated. Maybe it needs to be, uh, you would know better than I do, but, um, but I, I think it's important to understand why did we do it that way? And if there's a better way to do it going forward, that's what this generation can do or the net your generation or I'm old. I'm much older than I look. 
but <laughs> so um, I couldn't tell, man. You, I feel like for, we're we're in this together. So don't ever feel that there's a generation <laughs> gap between. Fair us. enough. All right, thanks, thanks. Yeah, no, a, for, a, for sixty, from, I don't look too bad. Though. <laughs> no, I'm just like, as the saying goes from uh, Indiana Jones, it's not the years, it's the mileage. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That's right. Um, and I, so your namesake is actually based off of some of our forefathers, if I'm not mistaken, correct? That's right. That's right. Uh, I have a bit of a fun fact about my first name, and uh, it's quite unusual. I believe I've seen it more as a last name in certain cases. Uh, and, and in these two historical examples, they are the last names technically. So it's not, it's not the exact same kind of relevance, but close enough. Uh, the first is that we have Roger Sherman, who was a founder from Connecticut, and he is the only founder to sign uh, the three major documents. So we have the, uh, the Articles, the Declaration of Independence, the Articles of Confederation, and the Constitution. Uh, I believe there's one other doc, major document that he signed. It's not as super, super relevant, but he signed all of those, and no one else has that record. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, he, I guess he had really good attendance record in school, and he just kind of translated that into government somehow. <laughs> that's pretty um, great. All right. Um, Who can and, we get? Ah, yes. <laughs> get Raj. He's down the street. Uh, Go ahead. I, I'm going to, uh, for those of you from Rhode Island, you're not going to like me when I say this, but, you know, Rhode Island didn't, didn't have uh, a lot of representatives show up for the, you know, the constitutional convention, let's just say. Um, and Roger Sherman himself was able to kind of beat their record in terms of attendance. That's um, just one lone guy from the, from the neighbor neighboring state, Connecticut. Uh, but I am also named after general William Sherman, who is also controversial depending on where you're coming from. Uh, some people from Georgia might not like him very much because of his role in the March to the sea, which was that initiative from the union army to basically just go to their South, destroy in all kinds of infrastructure, ripping up railroad tracks, time into right. knots. So you can't, can't even repair them, uh, destroying crops and homes and everything. He, he actually, what's weird is that he actually didn't like blood and he didn't like like actual war, like people fighting. So he's like, well, I'm just going to destroy stuff. So he, that's what he did. And, uh, he, he, he burned the city of Atlanta actually back in the uh, time of the, of the civil war. And he, when he captured Savannah, he actually captured it, as a Christmas present for Lincoln, he actually literally told Lincoln to say, here is your Christmas present. And it's the city of Savannah. Uh, that might've been the best gift that Lincoln probably ever got. I, I've never asked. I don't think anyone's ever asked him before. Yeah, I mean, Santa I, probably would never have given him that. No, because <laughs> he can't fit it down the chimney. Like it's too big. Right. <laughs> kind of hard to fit right down, right down the chimney. How do you gift wrap that? That's a big bow. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm also named out general Sherman because, you know, as as controversial as he was certainly back then, uh, maybe not as much nowadays, but uh, he was someone who truly believed in the unity of the United States. That's why he was so driven um, with his values. And he was very close to General Grant, obviously very close to Lincoln as well. And he was very instrumental in not only destroying infrastructure, but trying to destroy morale too and show that the North was going to win this hands down. The North was going to win this. That was the message he wanted to send. And I thought it was very powerful. But yeah, so there's Roger Sherman and uh, there's General Sherman, two two guys 
share my name. Uh, I don't think they've ever probably ever would ever anticipate that someone would quote, cite them so much in their podcast in my, in, in my podcast, but they, they, they get some recognition. So I'm giving it to them. But, so, you know, what's interesting is uh, that, that philosophy has actually come up a couple of times because uh, Rick and Morty just had an episode. I know I'm taking it to a, a on a left <laughs> tangent, but the idea of going and breaking infrastructure to to make a statement is actually it's making a it's coming back. And yes. um, I think it's interesting because this is a perfect example of hey, go back in history, take a look at you know this is this was the strategy. Um, we, of course, we don't want to have to get to that, but like if somebody does want to make a statement without shedding bloodshed, that's a way to do it. Interesting. Nonetheless, again, history repeats itself. Absolutely. Um, speaking of establishments of infrastructure, what is the one place of, of infrastructure that you believe is the epicenter of your political involvement where do you go to make things happen (laughs) well my favorite place to go is none other than the halls of congress i served as an intern in oh no no no, wait wait, wait. Wait a second (laughs) are you sure you're speaking of the right place oh yeah the uh, the united states congress washington dc capitol building Okay, that's, that, right, that's the going. Congress. That, that's oh, yeah, the Congress. No, 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 no. That's uh, okay. <laughs> that's where you do all your best networking. I I feel like you know you know what they got. I'll tell you what, and this is not a total secret. Uh, it's been obviously the Capitol grounds been closed down for a while, but there is a Dunkin' Donuts in Longworthville. And by the way, I am not being sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts in this episode. I don't. If they're interested in sponsoring me, that's a whole other thing. But for the sake of this, there's a Dunkin' Donuts there. And I have tried so many times to say, well, let's, you know, network, you know, with staffers or anyone else somewhere else, because I am just so drawn to the pastries there. And every single time I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get a black iced coffee. No big deal. But those those donuts just get me every time and every you know that, and i just and i've learned that you cannot network without being near coffee and sweets because they're going to get you some form of what everyone wants you to meet the, at a coffee shop and you you're just ensconced by <laughs> these delicacies that i to me that Dunkin' Donuts in the Longworth House office building, which you guys can look it up and everything. Is that actually? I'm sorry, I apologize. I didn't mean to cut you off. That's actually in the Congress. Oh yeah, it's in the it's in the House office building. So what? I, I'm not even joking. You can literally. <laughs> when I was there, you, you've uh, I've seen everyone from the American family visiting the uh, visiting the Capitol Hill because at that that time back before uh, COVID, when you can still visit the Capitol, you can roam around the House and Senate office buildings. So you can go to these cafeterias and these eating places. So you can have American, literally like American family go in there getting, you know, donuts or something. And maybe next in line is a member of Congress. (laughs) I've seen that before. It's really, really cool. There's something about this idea of having the space, communal space to 
and uh, to, to chat over coffee. It might just be the the stimulant aspect of caffeine, you know, or the the blood sugar or something going up or something when you have a donut. But there's there's something very special. I'm not. I, I kid you not. That place. I have made a lot of connections in that Dunkin' Donuts. I don't think any other Dunkin' Donuts. Do you think Dunkin they like put something in there. the donuts or in the coffee to like lower like the 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 barriers so it makes it much easier to talk or yes <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just the endorphins of of eating biting into an apple fritter like that's the thing that just that maybe uh, maybe we just need to like that's what we need is just constant donuts going through congress absolutely. and the senate and <laughs> a, a lot of uh, a lot of healthy eating folks are not going to agree with me on this but that's okay because you know, do you know, it's this is America. You're allowed to go to Dunkin' Donuts if you want to, whenever you want to. Uh, but I will say there is something very unique about sitting down with someone, and I don't know what it is, but I really feel like, especially if you're meeting with someone, you're talking about current issues, and but you're doing it over a nice cup of coffee and donut. There is something about this idea of consuming and of just consuming something together because i think it kind of really breaks down some maybe some political barriers i i don't have scientific evidence of that <laughs> I, I am not a scientist i don't do this kind of research but it'd be a good ted talk to do maybe as an idea worth spreading of of having you know your own coffee maybe someone doesn't like coffee as the drink but this idea of having a coffee, doing a small activity with someone and seeing how that can break down uh, barriers and break the ice a little bit. Cause uh, it really is such, so undervalued in a lot of ways, you know, vir- uh, having uh, too, too much virtual stuff going on. I know we're doing it virtual now just because you know, we can't be in person, but love right. to meet you in person at some time. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but there really is some kind of value to it. And when you have this in-person gathering here, as I mentioned earlier about uh, folks meeting up in Duncan and other parts of DC, there is this real emphasis on meeting someone, shaking their hand and having that old, uh, that's old kind of conversation. There's something really valuable about that. We need more of that nowadays, I think. Well, I feel like that's almost biblical. The idea of breaking bread with others and actually having a conversation is I, it's always easier, especially if it's got frosting. It makes the conversation easy. Oh, yes. Much easier to swallow. Oh, yes. Especially when there's skin and cream in it. Like something oh. like one time I got this donut. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, oh, it looks looks good. And I take a bite of it. It's got cream in it. And it's like, no way. This It's like a surprise. And it's like yeah. this, is, this conversation is getting better. It's all because of yeah. the person I'm speaking to yeah i i often think like I, the best thing to do is if you're gonna have a hard conversation go grab a dozen donuts just yes. bring a dozen donuts and you're fine maybe if it's, it's, it's save, a save some for your save some for your office if you can but if you can't yeah you can always get another don- dozen donuts that's right, that's right. do you have a fa- do you have a favorite donut Ooh, oh oh god i i love the uh, i love the munchkins so the munchkins are basically like a cake donut and yeah. they got the chocolate flavored. Oh, those are those are really good. Yeah, you got you got to you got to have. They they have they sell them like a dozen or ten of them or dozen, but you can buy up to fifty of them. Now I'm not I'm not going to say whether or not you should be eating fifty Munchkins at a time, but it's available. 
just I'm I mean, just if saying. you don't do it every day, just like no, no. two or three times a week. <laughs> you got to make it special. Funny. That's the thing. You got to make this experience special. And uh, exactly. I, I'm uh, it's the evening time, but luckily there's a donut shop uh, 24-7, not too far from here. Uh, I'm going to try everything I can to stay away from the place because that place is way too tempting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love donuts. Um, so I, now Dunkin' Donuts is great. Have you uh, been there where it wasn't such a great experience? Well, you know, sometimes the the lines can be quite long because it's such a popular place. You know? Oh, <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. I mean, you got to you got to keep the government fed. You know, it it goes without saying. Um, I, I I actually joke with someone recently about how I'm really uh, it'd be really funny if there was some kind of you know, some kind of alleged scheme between Dunkin' Donuts and the federal government. I think that'd be really funny. And to see like, and like, you know, looking, there was like some kind of, what is it? Um, not, uh, not Pfizer. Uh, it's the, it's the other one. I can't remember. But anyway, it's the, um, it's the freedom of information FOIA. There we go. If there was like some kind of FOIA related thing, and then people discover that, you know, Dunkin' Donuts gets like special preferences. I I'm convinced that Dunkin' Donuts is everywhere in these federal buildings. They're, they're in the state department They're I believe they're in the Pentagon, uh, and all kinds. So some of, you know, just some of the most important places in the world. And it happens to be a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm, huh. I'm going to leave that up to the audience to determine what's going on. I, I, <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right you got some um, homework to do Stuart. <laughs> i do i need to dig into dunkin donuts i need to dig to dunkin donuts i mean they don't um, say america runs on dunkin for no reason that's true oh my gosh they they tell us straight up they are the illuminati um no but i mean i i mean like what would cause something serious to happen and in, in one of the one of the buildings there, like it would it be like running out of coffee that would cause some issues. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, because, you know, coffee and caffeine is not is not a beverage. It's a fuel. You know, that's right, like exactly. You, know, you, you can't drive around without gas gasoline. So how can we expect the government to run without caffeine? <laughs> right. Right. Um, is that is that what happened in January? Well, thank, thank goodness it wasn't about uh, coffee, but. Obviously, something something a lot bigger. Um, yeah, something and, did happen, and and yes. uh, I'm I'm leading up to this, but like, do you have a, an experience with that? Yes. So, I'll preface with, with something here. So, I'm I mentioned earlier. I interned in the summer 2019, um, but I really wanted to. In the end, work for regardless of my personal beliefs. I truly believe I need to work for both sides of the aisle, regardless of my political differences or similarities. And so I've both times that I've worked for Congress, I've worked for a different party each time. Um, and and the, I did it the first time somewhere in 2019. So I wanted to do it again in 2021. And I applied for the spring. And I remember the uh, the lady asked me, what, what day would you like to start? And I was like, well, you know, January is kind of a quiet month, right? So I literally just said, you know what? I, whatever, I'll just start on January 4th, the first week. Uh, I don't think there's going to be anything happening then. You know, I can transition into the office and well, clearly I'm not a fortune teller, uh, <laughs> uh, but I was actually in lockdown as an intern on Capitol Hill on January 6th. One of the craziest moments I've ever experienced. 
and something that I've been sharing a little bit about to other shows too, just because on a more serious note, I do want to share as much of the stories I can because I want people to understand how important it is to bring people together and understand uh, how we can move forward as a nation from a very, very ugly time, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's really why I decided to be a lot more outspoken when I left my internship. It was a wonderful experience, a wonderful office, a wonderful member. Uh, But that day certainly was just, I mean, just awfully, awfully insane. Um, I always joke with people, I say, you know, when young students apply, you go go on to one of these sites for a member or a senator or whoever, they always say like, you know, an internship is a fun and exciting experience and everything. It's like, yeah, I can kind of see that after my time here. Um, the, the government was overpromising, which is <laughs> yeah. Which, you know. <laughs> when you said exciting, I thought you know maybe we'd see an argument in our right. hallways, right. but right. not something like this. So, what yeah. does that mean when you're in lockdown? What does that mean? What and what information are you getting at that moment? Absolutely. Well, I was at work on that day. Um, it was a Wednesday. And all I knew really was that uh, there was going to be restricted access to the Capitol building because we were going to have all the members there to count the electoral votes to certify the election for Joe Biden. But other than that, I didn't really know exactly how it was going to play out. And that all started to change when I got to the on the office building. And after some time, I actually was be, uh, was able to, um, to get let in by my office. And I actually got my uh, ID card that morning because we were, like, we were like, oh, what the heck, just get it out of the way. And <laughs> it turned out to be really, really good, good decision. And I remember just looking outside the window where I can, where I can be in one of the uh, office buildings on the house side. And I just saw a huge crowd right outside the Capitol. And look, I, I know D.C. protests. I've been in D.C. before. I've seen demonstrations and all that. Nothing like what I have saw. And I and uh, I know when I saw that crowd right outside, I knew that I, this this is a totally different story. This some, Something's going to happen. And what I can reveal, you know, there's some things that I, I'm not sure if I can reveal just because, you know, given the kind of the complex nature of, kind of how things go. But I was actually I was evacuated the first time around lunchtime. And all I knew, all I heard was that there was a bomb outside of the RNC building. I was like, what? Like, what, what, what do you mean? Like and and you, you just, you're just in that kind of mode where it's like you don't know what's going on. And and throughout that time, all you can do is just count on what you, what you can find out uh, online. But we I was evacuated one time, and then we came back, and then there was another lockdown. And the second, I was like, again, I thought I thought you know because we got the all clear. I knew I thought we got the all clear the first time. The second time, what all we we knew was that there was an intruder in the cannon building. And for those of you who've been to the house side, all the buildings, they're three separate buildings, but they're all connected by a tunnel. So that person could basically be anywhere in that complex. It was just absolutely insane. And I literally was evacuated with, you know, there's staffers and journalists and members of Congress just basically running around this place. Uh, it was just absolutely crazy. Um, Capitol Police, I will say, 
they have been so professional uh, in my experience. They've done a lot to show us the way to go, uh, ways to uh, find a hiding spot and everything. Uh, They're just absolutely phenomenal people. And what I can just do and kind of end this like kind of first part of the story here, you know, I, I was able to be in hiding. I was in hiding for several hours. And as I'm, I'm watching the live broadcast of what was happening, which is literally just happening just a few hundred feet away from right. several hundred feet away from where I am. And I saw that, that breach, you know, the, the breach into the Capitol, my heart just sank. You know, I, I mentioned that I was interned summer 2019. I was leading tours of with families across around the Capitol building, showing them the beautiful artwork and the paintings and the sculptures. And then to see something like that happen right in front of my eyes and to know that there are people who are getting hurt. Some people obviously lost their lives because of that. That really, that really made me very, very, very sad in, in my, in myself. And I knew that however this was going to end for myself and for my office who were just absolutely phenomenal people. Again, these people I just met basically two days ago, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, and I, and I obviously trusted them because uh, I knew that they were going to do the right thing, but I will never forget just being locked down for all these hours in a, in a secret room there and everything, knowing that when I was going to come out that I needed to be in the future. I didn't know when, right. But I needed to be very frank about why this event is important and why young people, especially who are looking to enter public service, who maybe some of them who might not be thinking of public service right now, I, I still want to let them know that it is still something to pursue as a, as a uh, career, as something you can contribute to, as the democracy that we live in, this place, this country can be a place where people can pitch in their ideas, have civil conversations, have civil debates. We don't need, obviously, this violence and this, this atrocious violence that happened, but – I know that in my heart, I believe in I believe in this nation. I know we've gone through a lot of tough times. There's no question about that. Um, however, this experience that I've shared with you guys here, and just some of the things that I got to see personally, when you're in that mo- mode where you don't know really what's happening, right? Because this is a big place. Uh, Capitol Hill is quite a big place, bigger than most people think. When such a big place and all these people are running around, you you start you you say a prayer to yourself. You pray for for those who are do trying to just trying to do the right thing, you know, trying to uh, uphold our democracy, trying to make sure that people are keeping safe. And even to this day, uh, what I will say is, there's still a lot of things that we need to find out. A lot of things that we know already. However, uh, we need to, I think, generally speaking, look at how we can build a better arena for political discourse and how we can have more of these, like I mentioned earlier about the coffees, you know, I can't emphasize that enough, you know, just having an in-person feeling where you can meet somebody, learn about their past, learn about why they feel the way they feel that already is a great start, you know, and and not to mention mm-hmm. all the delicious stuff that you can have with it, you know? So right. I, this is the kind of platform I'm promoting. And I just am so grateful for all the people I mentioned earlier, Capitol Police, my office, my family, who I was texting back and forth with during that whole lockdown period, all the friends who have reached out to me and have uh, expressed support for me. There's so many people out there that I cannot thank enough, and I'm so grateful to them. Yeah, I, I think you've got you're, – you're hitting the right thing. Like 
enter that building in the right way if you want to make change. If you right. do things like what you're doing, right? Like, hey, I'm going to be involved. I'm going to go um, uh, volunteer my time and, and right. be a part of this process and probably later on go and actually join that entire process. I don't yes. know if that's an aspiration of yours, but it sounds like it. So it might be that that sounds like the right way to do that. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I, I, in, you know, we talked, we talked a lot about civics and the other thing we need to, you mentioned it just now is civility. So civility right. and civics should go hand in hand. That's the only way real change is going to get made. Um, powerful story. Like how terrified are you in that situation? Oh, like gosh. you can't, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I was watching it on TV and was like, "Oh my god, I'm terrified." Locking oh my the door. Goodness. I will tell you, there my mind my heart were just going a million miles away cuz I at a per hour because you know, so many things were happening at the same time. You don't know what is what is going what is happening, you know, when you're seeing footage, right? How long ago was that footage? <laughs> so that's that's also the kind of crazy thing. Um I as I said, I I had faith in my office. I had faith in the people I was with and they were just incredible people, especially, you know, I, I'll often mention about how in Congress, we, we can't just understand the members. We obviously vote for 535 members, but there's right. thousands and thousands more staffers who support yeah. these members and they do a lot of work for these representatives. And these are the people whom I got to spend a lot of time with. And they're just, I mean, our office had a really wonderful, wonderful vibe. You know, that's this is kind of how it was going. Not to mention we had a, 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 a we have a, a we had a cute dog. So that was also oh. like probably one of the greatest sources of comfort you can always have in that time. But it was just wild, and I I didn't get home till probably about nine o'clock or so. So I, <clears throat> that was I joke that was the longest day I ever worked technically in Congress, which was about like a 12 hour day. Right. <laughs> so I, didn't, I didn't spend 12 hours any in any time in the future after that. That was the longest time I've ever been in on Capitol Hill. I, I will, what I will say is, you know, you, you watch on TV, everyone, that's the thing. Everyone's had their own personal experience, but I also want to make sure that my message to everybody is uh, on this topic is, you know, you, you have the power to be able to retify and do something good to serve our democracy. You know, it, it affects when, when I see that it's not just the Capitol building, it's not just run by the federal government, it's the people's house. Right. And so we are the people obviously. And so when something like this happens, it must be made relevant to people and people need to get the answers and understand how they can uh, make our democracy better. Because I can tell you that, you know, the Justice Department and the FBI, they're doing their job and going after the folks who uh, right. uh, entered the Capitol uh, and did all that harm to folks. That's that. Uh, I really appreciate your job. The other than though, I think on a larger picture, is what you were saying, Stuart, which is having a system of civility, making sure that we're not just thinking, okay, what are the policies coming up this Congress? Maybe thinking, how do we actually do things in Congress? How do we actually, in the in, in the future, I, I've been talking about some, some of this stuff uh, recently, which is about advanced technologies with AI. Now you can make, so as someone said something, even though they didn't. So the idea of the in-person 
meeting, maybe the town hall meeting with someone that could matter a whole lot more in the future. Cause otherwise we can, we can't just be relying on everything that we see on the internet clearly. And so, so these are the kinds of things I'm also thinking about, uh, but it's, 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 it's going to be a journey. You know, I'm so, I'm glad that the fence has come down. I've had to see that ugly fence for so long. <laughs> so it, it really, it really feels like a fortress, you know, when you see that outside perimeter mm-hmm. and you got to go through that every single day. Um, the the barbed wire and everything, it, and it's it was, so weird that it's it's domestic people we're keeping. Yes, out. that's right. That's the weirdest part. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, because uh, and I mean, they were initially they they had the outside perimeter, then they shifted it uh, more closer to the capital building, so it was more open. Maybe like in the last month I was there, but it was just like, man, that's just. I, I was, uh, I'll never forget, you know, I'll never forget uh, walking by that fence every single day. You know, I had to, uh, what, it didn't help that I had to also cross the other side of the street because that fence was so big that I just took out like one end of the street. I was like, oh man, I got to cross the street again. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it was caused extra steps. Right. Exactly. Oh my God. It was, it was like, uh, I, I don't know. They, they had to put together a fence pretty quickly, but uh, it was, yeah. My my point is my my time in Congress clearly is nothing like I ever imagined. I I don't know how I would when people ask me in the future, especially students who are interested in working from Congress. I'm gonna any time any time anyone asks me, oh, how was your experience, or what would you say to someone who's li- looking to work for Congress? I'm just like uh, I'm gonna be like, so how much time do you have? Because I'm gonna right. I'm gonna be talking for a while. <laughs> you better sit down, maybe have a cup of coffee or a donut and just listen to me speak for an hour. And let me explain to you <laughs> as much as I can of what I've gone through myself. So, yeah. um, but crazy, crazy times. And I, I just hope that, um, I can be, be one of those guys to just, uh, spread a, a positive message, you know, and a yeah. positive message to all of you guys and to other audiences, because I, I just believe in that value. I believe in that value of sharing with people what I've gone through, what I believe in, but also do my part to say, look, you're you're my you're my you're my friends and fellow citizens. We got we got to come together. We got to find ways to to unite. I think that's beautiful. All right. Well, it has been about well, it's been a little over half an hour, but great conversation. However, it is now time to record a sketch. Well, I don't know about you, but no matter how hidden that room was, I'd still be terrified. Hey, I feel obligated to let you know that about half of this entire interview process is actually still on my hard drive. Or, if you are interested and you would like to hear more about the hidden room and some other things that we didn't get to get into on the podcast... Head to Patreon.com because I've got the entire video interview available to my patrons for as little as a dollar a month. That's right. Go to Patreon.com slash SketchComPod and for a dollar a month, you can get all the salacious details of all of the interviews I've ever done. Now that I'm done with my shameless plug, Sherman, what would you like to shamelessly plug? My podcast, again, is called Friends and Fellow Citizens. You can check out that podcast on my website, um, which is down the banner below or in the show notes below. Um, but you can also look up Friends and Fellow Citizens on your favorite podcast app. It is a show uh, that is dedicated 
to upholding the six principles of Washington's farewell address and applying those principles to today. I highly suggest that you take a trip over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit the subscribe button on Sherman's show. It is absolutely fantastic. And now, our sketch. Our constituents' phone calls are of the utmost importance. In three, two... Hello, thank you for calling the office of Representative George Washington. How may I help you? I said, quiet down, I'm trying to... Hi, hi, who am I talking to? This is Sherman speaking from Congressman George Washington's office. How may I help you? I'm so happy you picked up the phone. I'm I'm here with my family. My kids are going crazy. Uh, what is the? How do I get to? What's the guy with the top hat? What the the president guy with the top hat? I believe you're talking about Abraham Lincoln. That guy, yeah, yeah. So the, he's got like a, a place where he sits, right? How do I yeah. get there from the big uh, the big pencil thing with the pool? The sir, the, the the pencil thing you're referring to is not the characterization that our office would use. A monument that that clearly shows that our office has done enough for the nation to be known as a monument called the Washington Monument. Yeah, yeah. Hey, get out of the pool. What did I tell you? I don't know what's in there. Grab some change. All right. So, how do I get there? Do I? Do, is it? Where, where do I turn right? Because it looks like I turn right. Am I wrong? So, sir, if you keep walking towards the pointy, towards the pointy object, which you refer to, which I refer to as the monument, you you should be able to to see it. It's it's tall enough to be able to be seen from a great distance. Uh, once in turn towards a giant building with a lot of columns, and there's a, actually a man seated there. Not an actual man, but an actual statue of Abraham Lincoln. All right. Do they sell T-shirts there? Well, uh, I, I can't speak on behalf of the representative. You know, in this nation, you know, Representative Washington truly believes in the idea of capitalism, of having a free market, and you know, you have the uh, option to purchase a, a T-shirt if you so choose to. Hey, put that down. It looks dead. My problem is my kids ate ice cream and got ice cream all over them. I need to get them a T-shirt to cover up the ice cream just to replace it because they look like put it down. They look like slobs. So just keep walking towards the big pointy thing. All right. Thanks. Not a problem. Have a great day. Thank you for calling. Hello. Thank you for calling the office of Representative George Washington. How may I help you? Yes, I would like to talk to the representative. I, I have an idea for a really good weapon system. Unfortunately, the representative is unavailable at the moment, but I'm happy to pass along concern for you if you like. Oh, I appreciate that. What I'm going to suggest is that we we have so many pets in this country, so many pets, and people just do not get their pets neutered or spayed, you know, like Bob Barker used to tell us to do. And so what I was thinking was instead of Instead of guns, maybe we could just, they all have collars, we could just attach some sort of a explosive device to their necks, and then that way we could be safer as a country. I appreciate your concern about uh, public safety. As you might know, Representative Washington truly cares about the livelihoods of everyone here in the United States. He puts that as a top priority, 
And uh, while the congressman has not been able to uh, examine this issue further, uh, I can tell you that he's very, very committed to ensuring that the people of his district are kept safe. And I will be sure to pass your message on. I don't have any pets myself, but my neighbors all have pets and they're terrible. They come over and they poop all over the lawn and they bite and bark and meow and they're very loud. But I think they would be really effective weapons if we just attach large explosives to their necks. And then when we get invaded, we just sick them, maybe spray bacon on the enemies and then have the pets go after them. What do you, I, I think this is a good idea. Well, I, I'm, it's unfortunate to hear about the circumstances which you're living in right now. Um, if I can comment on one thing, you know, bacon is definitely a very, very important commodity here in the United States. And Representative Washington truly cares about uh, the bacon, making sure that the bacon can land on Americans' breakfast plates as, as quick as possible. So he definitely can a- absolutely advocate for that. Um, but, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about the circumstances you're going through. Um, it sounds like a very unfortunate happening in your neighborhood, um, but uh, I'm happy to speak to Representative Washington about that, and he can consider some legislation. We look forward to hearing from our constituents about this issue, if you so choose. Does the representative have a pet? I could I could design one of these and send it as a, as a sample. There were a number of horses acquainted with uh, growing up uh, himself. I cannot comment at this time about the state of pets in our office. Uh, that is com- that is outside of our uh, jurisdiction here on the phone, whether it's horses, dogs, cats. They're part of the American family, and we absolutely have to do everything we can in our power to make sure that they uh, that they have the, the, the equal rights that all other human beings have as well. All right. So a horse. I'll, I'll, I'll send a horse. Thank you. Hello, thank you for calling the office of Representative George Washington. How may I help you? Hi, who am I speaking to? Uh, This is Sherman from uh, Congressman Washington's office. Excellent. Sherman, thank you so much for taking my call. I really appreciate Representative Washington, and I know that I am calling the right person. I am so excited to to get a chance to speak to you, Sherman. Do you have a little time right now? Absolutely, sir. So uh, first off, I want to say that the congressman's decision on uh, Bill 397 was phenomenal. I just want to say that. I sided with everything he put down, and and all of his arguments were fantastic. Um, I do have a little concern, and I'm hoping I can I can talk to you about Absolutely, it. Absolutely, sir. And this will get to the representative? Absolutely. I'll be sure to pass that along to him right after a call. Okay. I'm concerned about the reptilians in Congress. One excruciating hour later. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. I have captured 500 live flies. Just in case Representative Washington wants to have a discussion, I've got these here for him. Let's let's set up a meeting. Um, I'll be sure to pass the information along as quickly as possible. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, sir. Have a great day. Hello, thank you for calling the office, of Representative Washington. How may I help you? Hey, Sherman, I've got the three dozen fly encrusted donuts ready for the congressman. Where would you like me to drop these off? Thank you so much for joining us for Sketch Comedy Podcast Show. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Make sure to head over to SketchComedyPodcastShow.com. There you can subscribe to the show, head over to YouTube and watch some of the videos and sketches we've done there, 
maybe head over to Patreon and become a patron to the show. That would be so much appreciated. Or you can leave a review someplace. Or, if you're feeling really saucy, apply to be on the show. I appreciate every single one of you that listens to this show, and I would love to hear more from you. Now I gotta get this out of the way. Sketch Comedy Podcast Show is protected under a Creative Commons Attribution No Derivatives 4.0 International License, which means that if you would like to reproduce anything in the show, please contact the show so that I can get you the right material for it. And also, this show is copyright 2022, Stuart Rice. Every day we are given a choice. Can we do the funny thing or the not-so-funny thing? I'm going to urge you to do the funny thing today and create an improvised comedy adventure of your own. Take care. See you next episode.